Mr. Attorney General, good afternoon to you, sir. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pat. Good to hear you. Happy New Year, by the way. Well, and to you. Yeah, I can't believe it's almost February and we haven't talked yet this year, so uh, it's it's nice to have you on. Uh, you're doing well, I hope. I am. Yeah, it's great. Good. Well, today's, uh, you know, today you mentioned ESG and the Department of Labor, Labor uh, put in effect today um, a new policy for ERISA. And if you don't mind me, Nope, go right ahead. About that a little bit because we just filed a lawsuit with 25 other states to try to get injunctive relief on that rule. So ERISA, along with other acronyms that you probably cringe over, like EEOC right. or, or other ones that come out of the Department of Labor, ERISA was, and I, I know a bit about this from my time in the private sector and in Congress, because in Congress we had oversight over the ERISA plans and the EEOC and things like that. My on my committee that I was a subcommittee chair on, and then I did this work in the private sector. Uh, ERISA is that 1974 law that said, you know what, employees can go off and invest and do defined benefits, do defined contributions, and their employers, instead of having the government regulate at all, thank God, uh, the employers can oversee that. So when you're an employee, any of your listeners are employees that may get a 401k or something similar, it's, it's because of ERISA. And right. your employers pick a a provider, usually a third-party provider, uh, to do a plan, and maybe that's nationwide, not to single anyone out, but several ones like that. Um, and then you can you usually have a menu of options, and you go and invest. Well, so the Department of Labor for years had rules under, underneath ERISA that said, okay, um, you, employer, can do this if you keep the employee's fiduciary duty at the top of your list, if you if your fiduciary duty to them is a, a financial the highest financial rate of return is possible under these defined contribution plans and defined benefit plans. Today, these left wing socialist bureaucrats have are trying to override the, that congressional intent way back to 1974 and say, "Oh, you know what? If you're an employer, you don't have to just worry about." Um, mm-hmm. uh, financial return, you can worry about you. You can you could uh, offer a plan that, that that focuses on companies that are worried about climate change. You can invest in companies depending on how woke they are with their internal policies or their board diversity, or you know, do they have the right DEI uh, person at the helm? All these are relevant factors now under the rule that went in today, Pat. So we have to sue to stop this because um, that has no place in this. Politics has no place. And people's retirement savings. No, I mean, look, these are retirement savings. This is money I have earned based on my employment. And sometimes uh, I have even contributed voluntarily a part of my uh, payment, my my income on my own into it. And now all of a sudden, that trying to find the right thing to do to make sure I have the right amount of money set aside for my retirement, Kim's retirement, any giftedness we want to do to our kids at the end of our life – that all now is completely secondary, and everything now has to revolve around whether we are politically correct uh, on all this ESG nonsense. And it they're making it, Todd, Mr. Attorney General, my, my, my mistake, uh, but, but we're making it to where the, the well-being of the people that have created the money is secondary. It doesn't mean right. anything. We have to uphold the overall Greenpeace – you name it. I mean, it's just it's. This is absolute insanity to me. It's investment by politics, right? 
Um, and, you know, you pick some of the woke corporations around here. I won't name names, but I think we know who they are, some of the biggest ones. You know, now have an incentive, now have a better place in the investment world because companies, you know, your employer can now invest in these woke companies and just in these woke companies. And it's really not even the person's, uh, you know, depending on the, the, the plan you get by your employer, you know, you may not have the options you, Pat Miller, want. Uh, to invest in, or not as, or not as good. Um, so it's just a bad, bad, slippery slope. Of course, it's this, it's this new and dangerous and big wave of, of woke socialism. You know, and 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 the right politics versus the wrong politics. It just really has, it has no place. You know that I fight against this every day, every week. Uh, this is the new opening on the on the ESG front. And then, um, you know, just last week we had some good um, movement in the General Assembly. I'm not a lawmaker, but as your attorney general, you know, very interested in what ESG policies the legislature is thinking about. And uh, there's some good, a good piece that moved along in the House. There was just a discussion last week, but Ethan Manning, not too far from you guys up mm-hmm. there north, um, uh, had a good bill. Needs some work, but it was a good start. Yeah, and and here's the problem, as I see it, and this is just me, you know, um, we have some very well-intentioned people, for example, down at the state house, in positions like you, where you are state elected officials, and people also uh, that are there as legislators because they have been voted and elected to be in those positions. But the problem is, there are on the ESG front, on any political left front, for some of these huge, large corporations, some of them Indiana corporations. And the problem, uh, Mr. Attorney General, is they have entire floors full of legal minds that are churning this stuff out, and it's almost impossible to keep up with it. If you're not real careful, you get caught off guard because you you think everything's calmed down, it's all good, this is where we are, and you find out once they come out with five or six new position papers and they're pushing everything through the legislature, and we're nowhere near where we thought we were. Yeah, I mean, I'm drinking from a fire hose. I mean, I came into this thing in, in 2020, came back into politics thinking I was going to be one of uh, President Trump's wingmen. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it turns out that me and some like-minded AGs who are dear friends now are becoming the last line of defense. For example, again, we have 25 states on, on this Department of Labor rule that just came out today, effective today, that, uh, that will affect, right, these unelected bureaucrats, Pat, are going to affect two-thirds of the nation's retirement plans. Mm-hmm. $12 trillion worth of assets because they put, out, they put out a rule. So, you know, I'm glad to have like-minded attorneys general. We're, we're leading this thing with Utah. Um, Sean Reyes is, is a good friend, and Ken Pax from Texas, another good friend, um, you know, to push back on it. But I, it's like, Pat, you know, I've been on the show a million times. It's like every week. There's another attack and yep. that, that we have to attack back on. Yep. Let me, let me ask you one thing. There was a line in your press release, and I find it curious, and I get it, but I just want you to have an opportunity to fully explain yourself. Woke big businesses are collaborating with their leftist allies to subvert the will of the people. And then you went on and you said, that's contrary to the letter and the spirit of the law. I mean, these, th- their, their intention here is that. It is an intent. Uh, both with the big businesses and with their friends on the left. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, the the point of the lawsuit isn't a you know a, a collusion uh, argument; it's to stop the rule. So we're asking for injunctive relief. But um, I mean, it's very clear that that big business in this country is left, 
it's woke, and they do work hand and fist with, uh, hand and glove with um, uh, their allies in big government. And you know anybody who wants to challenge me on that, I'd, I'd say wake up. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and they know, and they don't. They could try to deny it, but it's it's, it's in every move they make. And, and you know, if you look if you look at this from a political perspective or a campaign perspective, all the big donors, you know, all the millionaires, all the billionaires, Pat, they're not given to Republicans. No. They're give, you know, Maybe Elon Musk is the future. Maybe an exception. If one, if if he is, he'd be one. Uh, but, uh, and I'm not saying he's given to me or anybody else that I know of, but all the billionaires point being are, are all left and, 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 and big, maybe because they can afford to be, uh, but they're destroying this country along with, uh, the big, the big businesses that they run, the big companies that they run. And the party of the working man is the Republican, the conservative party. And I'll never, I never want to trade that. And that was because president Trump made us the party of the working man again. And, I never want to lose that. Well, and and as you said, the, you know th- these huge mega buck donors are always falling with the left, and I am just, I am almost irate to the point that every time we turn around, the politicians to the left keep trying to tell us, well, it's those Republicans and their mega millionaire donors, and I feel like saying, do you guys not own a mirror? I mean, can you not look into a mirror and see where you guys are and come to some reasonable conclusions here? We are not the we are not the party of millionaires. Yes, we have some, don't no doubt about it, but we are not dominated by them. You know, George Soros is not a Republican. You're right. He's dismantling the very fabric of this nation. Why he hates this country so much, I don't know. Why so many like him hate this country, I don't know. The country that has given them so much made it possible uh, for him to even have these millions. I guess the case of Soros, he manipulated foreign currency markets. But um, but but the hatred they have for um, uh, American exceptionalism, and they scoff at it. And it's it's all it's going all the way down to our schools, Pat. And you know we've been, we talked about that before. I'd love to come back and talk about that. But where the these kids in school now are being taught to hate America. Yes, whether it's the sixteen nineteen project or scoffing at the brilliance and really divine intervention that the that the founding fathers had um or and just laughing that away is wrong and one of the best things and i mean to be dwelling so much on president trump but credit should be given where credit too one of the things he did the administration did on the way out of office is put down a uh, write out a very um specific curriculum uh in answer to the 1619 project which is is nonsense yep. and, and, and full of garbage i'm not saying don't Teach facts, both good, bad, and ugly, are all three good, bad, and ugly. But you know, you got to be accurate in them. And the sixty-nine, nineteen curriculum is not bad. But you know, the administration on the way out put together a nice alternative factual curriculum called, uh, I think it's the seventeen seventy-six project or something similar. And um, anyway, you know, there's answers for it. And, and the bottom line, there, along with everything else, you know, you know, this is where free republics are hard. It's hard to to operate a free republic. It takes eternal vigilance. It takes engaged citizenship. Um, and it's just like parenting itself. It's hard. And, yeah. and, and you got, and you're in charge of education and everything else. You're certainly in charge of your, ultimately should be in charge of your investments. You should have the full 
uh, choices available. You shouldn't be hampered by the direction of your woke company that you work at uh, that may try to take advantage of this Department of Labor rule. So, again, just a, a report from the front, Pat. This is what we're doing today and this week, fighting against uh, the latest attack. And I think the prognosis is good. I don't want to jinx ourselves, but um, we're going to be filing a preliminary injunction um, any day now that's going to uh, ask for that injunctive relief that should hopefully come within a few months. And, and hopefully so. You know, it's, you know, when, when you were talking, I, I just had the thought, you know, wh- well, what kind of government did you give us, uh, you know, Mr. Franklin? Well, a democratic republic, if you can keep it. And, and you're yeah. exactly right. It takes a lot of work to keep it. Yeah. It's hard. And parenting is hard. you got to go to the school board meetings. you got to watch it. Education is your responsibility as a parent. Um, financial investing is your responsibility. Ultimately, you certainly don't want the government uh, any more involved in that. Um, and, and so, you know, this, this, this liberty requires work, and we got to start working on it. And our kids aren't being taught that anymore. Uh, they want, you know, and, and that's how socialism creeps in. You don't have to have any responsibility when you live in a socialist country. No. <laughs> you don't even have to have a family. The government's your family. Yeah, so. no, you're exactly right. Hey, listen, I appreciate very much on this Monday. I know you've had a huge day. Uh, I appreciate you carving out some time for us and speaking to this. We'll keep our ears to the ground and uh, keep waiting for more from your office and talk to you when we need to. Attorney General for the state of Indiana, uh, so glad that Todd Rokita has been with us today. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Pat. See you next time. You bet. And we will be back straight ahead. Podcasts by Federated Media.